It's lights out and away we go. Hello everyone. Welcome to our podcast. We are your hosts Harshit Das and Ashish Panda. It's a podcast on F1 motorsport. We are going to cover everything related to F1 world. So sit back and enjoy listening to us. As you all can guess from today's title, this is a continuation episode of the last one, part 2 of discussing about the drivers on the 2022 grid. Let's start by knowing about Pierre Gasly's motorsport career before the F1 and he began at the age of 10 when he finished 15th at the 2006 French Minima Championship. Gasly continued to improve his racing performance and 2011 saw him enter the French F4 Championship. He is the 2016 GP2 Series champion driving for the Prema Racing team and the runner up in the 2014 Formula Renault 3.5 series. Those achievements paved the way for his promotion to reserve driver for the Red Bull Racing Formula 1 team, bringing him one step closer to dream of achieving F1 glory. If there's one man who knows how big a roller coaster ride an F1 driver's career can be, it's Pierre Gasly. The flying Frenchman made his Formula 1 debut with Toro Rosso, which is also known as Scuderia Alfa Tauri since 2020, at the 2017 Malaysian Grand Prix. He was named a Toro Rosso driver the following year. A series of impressive 2018 performances for Toro Rosso including a brilliant fourth place in Bahrain showed exciting promise for what he might do with the A team in 2019. He moved to Red Bull Racing in 2019 after just 21 races to replace Red Bull big gun Daniel Ricciardo. Replacing Daniel Ricciardo means he had pretty big shoes to fill and like did he do it well? Why don't you let us know? Well, if I start by talking about his um, career you can say that gasly seemed to have a knack of being in the right place at the right time a quality that's equally handy on track and as he got into the a team the promise that was shown with toro rosso didn't last for a long time and he quickly suffered from unfavorable comparisons with the superstar team met max verstappen which if you remember harshit also happened to daniel ricardo Yeah, definitely like Max Verstappen he has been the like the star driver of the whole team and with his father's backing Jos Verstappen he kind of has this uh, unofficially fixed place in the team so that really makes it quite challenging for the other drivers to come and immediately accommodate themselves. And I do feel that Red Bull prefers Max Verstappen over any of the junior drivers. as he got some promise and also the name attached to him and because of that after the summer break he was sent back to toro rosso with another young up and coming alex albon being given a shot in the senior red bull seat but you can say that gasly bounced back as only gasly can in the season's remaining 9 races he scored almost as many points as teammate kvyat managed over the entire year and secured his best race ever with P2 in Brazil the trajectory continued in 2020 peaking with an emotional maiden win at the renamed Alfa Tauri's team's home race in Italy and didn't let up in 2021 when he was back on the podium and scored 110 of the squad's 142 points the question now is can he maintain the momentum and earn himself another shot at the Red Bull let's hope he has a good 2022 season yeah His 2022 season shall depend on the engine that Red Bull will provide. Like, of course, like he can push it, but like the trajectory that you are talking about, uh, it de- definitely requires you know like a good car also. 
and since the field will be completely shaken up in 2022 let's just hope that he gets a good car but now if we talk about him getting another shot at red bull do you think it is possible for him well they seem to be getting interested in giving a seat to gasly but uh, we have seen that how they treat their junior drivers and gasly again getting a seat and again getting treat mistreated by red bull which will be harsh in my point formula 1 is just not uh, a physical game you know the mental role plays a very important role sorry the mind game plays a really important role and when pierre gasly was shifted down to alpha tauri i don't think he had the same level of pressure as he was facing in red bull to you know const- constantly support max verstappen as well as you know fight for the podiums so you know since he had the lesser pressure i think that kind of helped him out and many suggest that since the red bull senior team is kind of a pressure cooker since they are a title fighting team pierre gasly just might not be able to cope up with the pressure like he did in the first time so i feel it's not more about the pressure that uh, he will get b- by driving for red bull because the last stint that he had with red bull it was kind of great but it got diminished because of the comparisons that he had with max verstappen and when you have such type of comparison going on throughout the team in the team it definitely affects the mental uh, condition to drive to give your best performance yeah definitely i'll agree with you uh, that when you are not performing in your best mental state it it shows your it affects your performance on the track but that doesn't take away from pierre gasly he is definitely a you know world championship winning uh, driver so let's just hope that uh, the 2022 season goes pretty well for him in the alpha tauri and maybe he gets a another shot at a red bull senior team or maybe some other team that is um, probably going to contend for titles or is competing in the front rows yeah let's hope so and our second driver for alpha tauri is yuki sonoda he is a japanese racing driver and if we get to know that how did he get into f1 sonoda's professional motorsport career started in 2010 when at the age of 10 he competed in the jf junior karting championship ending in the season in p6 he was the 2018 japanese f4 champion and in 2019 also he received backing from red bull as a spot in red bull's young driver program He finished third in the 2020 Formula 2 Championship with Carlin and made his Formula 1 debut in 2021 for Alfa Tauri. With him impressing a Helmut Marko, keen to get another of his talents into F1, rumors of Sonoda replacing Kvyat for 2021 persisted throughout the year, and the move that many expected to happen was finally announced after the final race of 2020. While most who join the formula 1 grid do so with experience of multiple tests to their name already but this wasn't the case for sonoda ahead of the 2021 season he had only driven an f1 car twice and the large reason why he hadn't driven in more testing or practice sessions in f1 was his physique yeah one second you said that he wasn't allowed to test cars because of his physique i mean yeah i get it he is kind of a small driver like he's a bit short but does that really affect uh, his testing yeah as being 52 and weighing just 54 kg he required more preparation than most in order to withstand the high level of g forces that comes with driving an f1 car 
and because of that it did affect the whole season for him as it wasn't the smoothest rookie seasons on the grid in 2021 with him making a number of mistakes and struggling to match the pace of teammate Pierre Gasly there were however signs of progress towards the end of the year and he was ultimately retained for 2022 the japanese driver is renowned for his aggressive driving style with his late braking and overtaking drawing comparisons between himself and the likes of fellow red bull products like daniel ricardo and vax verstappen and marco saying that he has a unbelievable basic speed and another trademark of his aggression on the team radio with him often ranting furiously and explicitly during sessions it's a habit that he said that he's trying to cut out and we all have heard how explicit it can be i mean yes in the heat of the moment like drivers generally say what they shouldn't say but then it's in the heat of moment but uh, yuki has a bit of, he's he does that a bit more frequently but as you said he's trying to cut it out you know this like in 2021 this was a very good driver pairing you know the dynamic between the duo was pretty good and so for the 2022 season since there are no changes i think that the team dynamic should really be great and yuki having already he couldn't perform in 2021 because of lack of the experience but 2020 should not be sorry 2022 should not be an excuse for him because he has driven the 2021 car for the entire season so he has a decent amount of practice under his belt and let's hope that uh, this time gasly as well as yuki they both contribute equally towards the points that alpha tauri will score yeah let's hope so and harshit why don't you give segue to our next team yeah so the next team and the drivers on there are Aston Martin and Sebastian Vettel and Lance Stroll so we'll begin with Sebastian Vettel so Sebastian Vettel is a german racing driver and i think everyone in the sport really knows him so let's just start with how his career was before he entered into f1 and see some of his progress in his junior series so Sebastian Vettel started karting at a very early age and became part of the Red Bull young driver program in 1998 just aged 11 years old his first taste of open wheel racing came in the german formula bmw championship and in his second season in the series he became a world champion in 2004 more formula 1 testing opportunities followed with bmw sauber in 2006 and once again combined those duties with another season in formula 3 euro series 2006 also saw Vettel take part in his first Formula Renault 3.5 series with Carlin Motorsport. He returned with Carlin Motorsports in 2007 and was leading the world championship standings after the 7 rounds, but his season was cut short after being called up to Formula 1 duties on a permanent basis. Vettel began his Formula 1 career with BMW Sauber making his debut at the 2007 United States Grand Prix. when he was called in by the BMW Sauber team to re- uh, replace Robert Kubica who had suffered a major fatal crash in the previous grand prix and it didn't take much time before Red Bull's Toro Rosso junior team actually signed signed Sebastian Vettel and then he finally got a full-fledged drive in formula 1 for the from 2008 season so in his first full season in 2008 he was given a seat in Toro Rosso which was really not a very uh, powerful team it was just a sister team of the red, red bull team which at that time was also kind of in its development stages only 
but like he did have a very outstanding one outstanding performance of the whole season and that would be the 2008 italian grand prix where he put his car on pole position and he led the entire race and finished first and at that time it was toro rosso's only win and that performance definitely sparked interest in the senior team and hence in 2009 he was promoted to the senior team spending six seasons with the team before making the move to the iconic ferrari team ahead of the 2015 season i think the most remarkable stint of vettel's career would be the 2010 to 2013 season where he was more or less we could say dominant in the dominant red bull car so that that's where he broke several records of formula 1 he at that time in 2010 became the youngest ever f1 driver to ever win a world title and till today that record remains unbroken and from 2010 to 2013 he went on to win four consecutive world titles and it also helped red bull with their teammate mark webber clinch four consecutive constructor title as well so now if we take a bit closer look at some of those seasons in 2011 after he had won his first world title his title defense for the 2011 season was a mighty one with four races of the season remaining vettel became the youngest ever double world champion and also the youngest back to back world champion and if the race involving vettel in 2010 was close 2012 was even closer four consecutive race wins in singapore japan south korea and india brought vettel strongly back into contention a great recovery drive from the pit lane to p3 in abu dhabi ensured that vettel had a 10 point gap to old rival alonso with two races left in the season a nail biting finale ensured with vettel's battling p6 finish enough to clinch a third world championship just 3 points clear of fernando alonso's 2013 season i think was probably his most dominant season where he won 9 races in a row which is a record in itself and with it being his most dominant year it was also the year where he won his last world champion till date the 2014 campaign though would be vettel's last at red bull he won no race and got outscored by a rookie daniel ricciardo and then he got signed by ferrari for the next season He finished the 2015 season in P3 and a frustrating winless season in 2016 with a P4 finish represented a low point in Vettel's Ferrari career. There was somewhat of a Vettel resurgence in both 2017 and 2018 where he battled out for the title with Lewis Hamilton but then uh, in the end Lewis Hamilton somehow managed to uh, beat him in both the years. Shades of 2014 returned though in 2019 as Vettel was once again challenged and beaten by a new and relatively inexperienced teammate in the form of Charles Leclerc. And as it turns out that was merely the beginning of declining as Ferrari confirmed Vettel's days were numbered by stating that his contract wouldn't be renewed for 2021 season before the 2020 season had even started. On track the results were also dismal for Vettel who regularly struggled to get anywhere near his teammate Leclerc in the underpowered SF1000 even hinting at times that the Scuderia were giving him an inferior machinery 2020 season was probably the worst for him where with a P13 finish overall why do you think this whole downfall happened in Vettel's career after 2013 after 2013 
फर्स्ट ऑफ ऑल वी हैव टू कंसीडर द रेडबुल मशीनरी आल्सो इट वाजंट रियली अ ग्रेट मशीनरी लाइक कंपेयर टू द 2013 कार दैट ही हैड गॉटन बट लाइक दिस इज अ ट्रेंड लाइक इफ यू सी इन 2014 ही गॉट बीटन बाय हिज यंगर टीममेट एंड द सेम थिंग हैपेंड इन 2019 सो मे बी इट्स समथिंग वी कुड से आइदर अ कोइंसिडेंस और मे बी जस्ट ही डजोंट लाइक बींग चैलेंज बाय अ यंगर टीम Vettel though opted against retirement and instead signed for with the Aston Martin team for 2021 as the team searched for some star power to aid their return to the sport. It wasn't the dream first season in the green for the German as the regulations caused the team to drop down the pecking order from the top to bottom and it took them quite a while to start stabilizing. But despite that it's fair to say that he hadn't quite managed to get on his back. and his best in 2021 finishing behind the canadian more often than not on a race day although he was definitely the strong, stronger qualifier so do you think after 2013 his prime is declining and is it also the reason that he is getting affected by younger teams uh, that he is getting affected by his junior teammates performance now to answer that question like is he out of his prime maybe maybe not because like after 2013 i think he was in his peak performance in 2017 and 18 but hamilton just got the edge so currently if i were to say based on his performances in the 2020 season and 2021 season i would say he is we could say that he is off his prime but but if provided with a front field car he can definitely complete his career on a winning note vettel's trademark was always pure pace and of course his one finger victory salute in the chase to the checkered flag he likes to lead from the front and just like his hero michael schumacher along with his four world titles he can boast for more than 50 pole positions and race victories ranking him statistically above many of the biggest names in the history of f1 mm. it was nice to know about one of the greatest drivers of formula 1 but uh, let's get to our next driver who my consider is born with a golden spoon well born with a golden spoon at least why fun that's definitely true the next driver on the list is lance stroll so lance stroll is a canadian belgian racing driver racing under the canadian flag so he began his career in native canada and across the united states at the age of 10 but really began to make a name for himself in 2014 He won the inaugural F4 championship with Prema Power team and Stroll was firmly embedded within the Ferrari driving academy at this stage and his stock continued to rise till in 2015 when he emerged victorious in the Toyota Racing Series with M2 competition and another title followed with Prema Power team again in 2016 as he won the Formula 3 European Championship in dominant style. His latest championship win also coincided in becoming a development driver at Williams and backed by his father's considerable wealth he was able to completely bypass the next logical step formula 2 and he became a fully fledged formula 1 driver well this was not supposed to happen but since he was a F3 champion i mean you could have expected him to cope up with the F1 so i think he didn't feel like taking formula 2 and just kept to formula 1 but isn't that unfair sometimes that he just skipped formula 2 whether by, while some of the younger compatriots like uh, that come in his generation 
have fought in the formula 2 and come to the f1 i mean nowhere does the rule book mandate uh, that you need to compete in the f2 series i think at that point at least it was not mandatory like you just need to have enough points for the super license so but if we'll take a look at max verstappen also he in also some way managed to skip formula 2 so even though he skipped his formula 2 let's see how it all turned out when he entered f1 Stroll made his F1 debut at the 2017 Australian Grand Prix after signing for the Williams team, claiming first podium of his career that year at the Azerbaijan Grand Prix, finishing P3. Stroll also competed in endurance racing, taking part in the 24 Hours of Daytona in 2016 and 2018. 2018 proved a difficult year for Stroll as rookie errors and Williams' serious lack of pace left him struggling to compete. he would or score only 6 points he would be confirmed as the driver for the new racing point team alongside sergio perez for the 2019 season and at this point his dad lawrence stroll owned the team so a seat for him in a new team wasn't really difficult while 2020 was his best scoring campaign till date with 75 points even if he was comfortably second best to sergio perez thanks to racing points pink mercedes in 2020 there is no such thing as too much or too soon for stroll a teenage sensation with a good wet weather race driving capability he manages to keep his machinery on track even on wet weather the canadian loves to make up places on the opening lap and fight for points but stroll often draws a negative reaction from f1 fans who feel that he is yet to show that he deserves this seat through the talent alone the biggest test of stroll's career arrived in 2021 alongside four-time world champion sebastian vettel at aston martin a challenge which by and large he handled well the driver championship standings were though an improvement for stroll who had ended the season only 9 points behind the four-time world champion the kid definitely has the potential and he is slowly showing it but he needs to get out of his father's shadow in order to excel and prove a point truly and well on to our next team with some of the young and interesting drivers well our next team is williams and their drivers are alex albon and nicolas latifi first driver alex albon he is a thai british racing driver after becoming part of the red bull junior team in 2012 He was promoted to open wheel cars for the 2012 Euro Cup Formula Renault 2.0 season. He spent 3 years in the series and finished 3rd in the 2014 championship. He moved to the FIA Formula 3 European Championship in 2015 where he finished 7th. He signed with AIT Grand Prix to contest in the 2016 GP3 series and ended the season as a runner up behind teammate Charles Leclerc. In 2017, he moved up to the FIA F2 Championships with AIT where he finished his maiden year 10th in the standings he then switched to dams team for 2018 winning four races and finishing third in the championship he made his formula 1 debut in 2019 with toro rosso alongside daniel kivat after 12 races albon was promoted to red bull racing partnering max verstappen and replace, replacing pierre gasly and you can see that this is the same reason what happened with uh, pierre gasly and he got into alex albon got into red bull He took his first podium finish and the first Thai driver at the 2020 Tuscan Grand Prix. 
After two seasons, Albon was demoted to reserve and test driver duties for Red Bull after losing his race seat to Sergio Perez. However, the two-time podium finisher has been pushing for a racing return outside the Red Bull family for several months. After it became clear a seat at the works team or Alpha Tauri wasn't possible. Williams were keen on his experience and speed, that's why they signed him for 2022. Maybe he can prove his potential here as Christian Horner has confirmed that he has a secured place in 2023. Then our next driver, Nicholas Latifi. He is a Canadian Formula 1 racing driver. He spent the first three years of his early career in karting, where before making Formula 3 his first home. He began in the Italian Formula 3 championship with target racing, claiming one victory on his way to P7 in the overall standings. Then represented Carling Racing a year later in the Formula 3's European Championship and British Formula 3 Championship, finishing P5 in the later competition. Latifi then switched to the Prima Power team in 2014 but was only classified P10 whilst teammate Esteban Ocon won the Formula 3 European Championship. He also made appearances in the Formula Renault 3.5 Series, GP2 Series and the Porsche Carrera Cup GP. The Formula Renault 3.5 3.5 series was Latifi's next main focus in 2015, racing for Arden Motorsport. He would then spend the next four seasons with Dams in the level below Formula 1 GP2 and under his new moniker Formula 2. He showed his ability to win races in both 2017 and 2018 before launching a full assault on the title in 2019. He fell just short though, finishing runner-up behind Nick Devry winning four races and finish on the podium a further four times, securing P2 in the standings. As he continued to ply his trade in Formula 2, he also started making moves within Formula 1 circles. He was a test driver for Renault and Force India before finally landing on his feet at Williams as he became a full-time reserve driver, competing in six FP1 sessions throughout the season. Following his strong season, Latifi was confirmed as a Williams driver to race alongside Jazz Russell for the 2020 Formula 1 season. The Canadian proved his worth to Williams before the season began though bringing several sponsors with him to the team after they had lost major backers Unilever and Polish oil company Orlin. Through him and his father, William signed new sponsorship deals with the Royal Bank of Canada, Sofina Foods and Lavaza. The fact that he brought so much money to the team led to many claiming that he was a pay driver. But once the racing got underway, he immediately proved that he was ready for the step up, avoiding various incidents and making no mistakes to finish in P11 in his first race in Austria. But what's your opinion, Harshit, about the term that a, he was considered as a pay driver? Pay driver, I like. I could see why people call him pay driver. You know, like paying your way. He definitely paid huge amount of money bringing in sponsors. But at that point, if we just to see his performance, he had finished runner-up in Formula Two series. So it's not like that he had no talent. He definitely had the talent. He was a runner-up in Formula Two series. So I think just badgering him with a pay driver was not right but then later on with his performance in formula one against his teammate you know you could still call him a pay driver like you know after seeing his performances in formula one they are true that uh, he did show promise in formula three and formula two but uh, as soon as he got into the rookie season that i am going to talk about while he failed to score points in his rookie year on the grid and comprehensively beaten by his teammate on saturday he did show some signs of promise, particularly on race days. The highlights of his first year included three P11 finishes in Austria, Monza and Imola, with the Canadian himself selecting the latter two as his races of the year. 
given he was driving the slowest car on the grid he was widely praised for his performance in them Latifi meanwhile has stepped up his game with Williams pleased with his growth and improving performance relative to outgoing teammate George Russell and thus they were keen to continue with him for 2021 the 2021 season was a slow burner for Latifi but once he truly clicked with the FW43B he began delivering the best performances of his F1 career although Latifi couldn't maintain the same throughout the last season His performance level generally grew much closer to Russell's during the second half of the campaign, impressing Williams enough to retain for 2022, with Alex Albon arriving as his new teammate. He bettered Russell again in qualifying for the season-ending Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, though his race would end in the wall as he battled Mick Schumacher in the closing stages. That crash triggered a controversial sequence of events, which ended in Max Verstappen being crowned world champion. with Latifi later revealing that he had received death threats online and Harshid we have discussed about this controversial part in our last episode do you want to add something about it yes like it definitely led to a lot of controversy but uh, like he really didn't do anything wrong he was just peacefully battling it out with a Haas and you know things happen in racing it was a racing incident and i don't see, i don't know why people just la- lashed out at him so hard and re- sending death threats that's not really good truly so harshit what's our next team so now moving on to the next team and on its next set of drivers it is valtteri bottas and guan yu jo valtteri bottas well he's a finnish racing driver and he has been or he was a part of mercedes the top team in f1 since 2017 till 2021 where he he scored 10 race wins and 67 podiums before he finally made a move to alfa romeo for the 2021 season so let's have a look at his at his career before he entered formula 1 so bottas began his formula 1 journey in karting at the age of 6 winning various championships spending 7 years in finland national karting squad and competing in the karting world cup in 2005 He later on moved into single seaters and won both Formula Renault Euro Cup and Northern European Cup in 2008 getting 17 wins in 28 races which is pretty impressive. After this he began competing in the Formula 3 series continuing to impress by becoming the first and only ever driver to win the Masters of Formula 3 title twice in 2009 and 10 finishing P3 in the F3 championship in the year later. This earned him a move to GP3 where he went on to win the 2011 championship with Lotus ART winning four times in the last four races of the season at the same time he also joined the formula 1 paddock becoming williams test driver and opted not to compete in any championships in 2012 in order to fully focus his role as the team's reserve this decision paid off and he impressed enough to be given a seat for the 2013 season After being the team's test driver in 2012, Bottas was given a full-time race seat at Williams in 2013, and in a car not quick enough to fight for points, the Finn impressed nonetheless with the highlight qualifying P3 at the Canadian Grand Prix. He scored his first points in the penultimate race of the season, where he finished P8 in Austin, ensuring he came in P17 in the World Championship, three points ahead of his teammate Pastor Maldonado. In 2014 he was given a far better car and made most of it as he ended P4 in the championship with 186 points 
2015 saw him beating his teammate Felipe Massa for the second season straight with 136 points and P5 finish in the championship. Compared to his previous years, 2016 proved to be disappointing one for Bottas. However, his driving was still good enough to earn himself a dream move to the Mercedes team. So he debuted for the Mercedes team in 2017 after the retirement of Rosberg and he had some big shoes to fill. It took him just four races to use it against and get his first ever win as he fought off the Ferrari of Sebastian Vettel to stand on the top step of the podium. While he didn't have the pace to beat the German or his fellow Silver Arrow teammate Lewis Hamilton over the course of the season, he still ended the campaign with three wins, four pole positions, 13 podiums and 305 points. 2018 wasn't that good for him. He drew criticism from many for his safe risk-free driving style. Mercedes though elected to ignore the critics and give Bottas a new contract easing the pressure on the Finnish driver who ended P5 in the season 161 points behind Lewis Hamilton. He rewarded Mercedes for the faith that they showed him by achieving his most successful till season till date that was the 2019 season. The season gave Bottas his best ever points to a total of 326 and a first step first ever top 2 finish in the championship. This success was repeated again in 2020 with the team providing both of its drivers a very dominant car. Questions were truly asked about the Finn when Williams George Russell stepped in for Lewis Hamilton and outshone Bottas in the Sakhir Grand Prix parking discussions that the Brit should have had the seat but Mercedes continued to back Bottas for the one last time for the 2021 season. 2021 was a bit difficult for Mercedes as their cars were affected by the aerodynamic rule changes but Bottas was doing enough to keep Mercedes very much in the constructors title hunt even though a bid for his own drivers title never looked materializing while Hamilton and Verstappen set it set about constructing an all-time classic title battle renowned for his composed driving style and his cool head under pressure the Finn has forged a reputation as one of the best drivers on the grid being quicker than most on his day and rarely making costly mistakes Hamilton hailed Bottas as his best teammate he had ever had in Formula 1 but in the end that praise did not save Bottas with the Finn switch to Alfa Romeo for the following season that was announced in September last year for the final few races of the 2021 season where Bottas had to play the proper team role and try and help Hamilton as much as he could he really didn't feel like he was trying his best to help hamilton but nonetheless he did help mercedes bag another constructor titles putting their tally to eight consecutive and him helping the team achieve a total of five constructors titles what do you think about the trust that was put in bottas but that trust diminished and that's why mercedes is going to give a chance to george russell but uh, Do you think that Mercedes could have put in their trust in Bottas for some more time and maybe he would have been a much better driver for them? I mean like if Mercedes had to put in their trust they should have probably done that earlier you know all the 5 years that he has been with the team he has just been getting yearly contracts instead of you know getting 2 to 3 years at a time 
and at this stage when they have already assessed George Russell's performance i think the team looked forward to its future you know like bottas no offense to him but he is better off as a very good and supportive and strong teammate but they were really looking for a driver that would carry on you know like if you look at other other top running teams like mclaren and ferrari they have their younger star drivers in the forms of lando norris and charles leclerc so mercedes had to respond with that and so they had to sign george russell but do you think those uh, one year contracts were because they didn't have a young driver who was ready to compete with uh, compete alongside uh, lewis hamilton but uh, this year george russell was ready and that's why they just let go of bottas uh, well i i'm not really sure what goes around the mercedes office but i think initially they didn't really have any other replacement so at that time if they would have given him a 2 to 3 year contract maybe they could have expe- maybe they would have gotten better results but nonetheless he, since he has helped mercedes clinch all those five titles between 20 uh since his beginning of this stint at mercedes from 2017 to 2021 so technically speaking he has done his part for the team so now moving on to our next driver guan yu zhou who happens to be a chinese racing driver and is a newbie to formula 1 he is due to compete in formula 1 as an alfa romeo racing driver in the 2022 formula 1 world championship he happens to be the first chinese driver to have gotten a proper one year contract to compete over a full season so since he hasn't had any races in formula 1 we shall take a look at his career what that made him get his seat in formula 1 so he started a single seater career in 2015 competing in the italian f4 championship and adac formula 4 with prema racing after finding success in the italian f4 championship he moved to the European Formula 3 Championship with Motor Park in 2016 and Prema Racing in 2017 and 18. He was a member of the Ferrari Driver Academy from 2014 to 18 and served as the development driver for Formula E in 2018. He competed in the FIA Formula 2 World Championship for Uni Vitosi Racing Team from 2019 to 2021. He finished the 2019 season as the best rookie in the field. third in the standings and hence became the inaugural winner of the Antoine Hubert award in 2020 joe finally claimed his maiden f2 victory at the 2020 sochi sprint race he is a part of the alpine driver academy and served as a test driver for renault f1 team and the alpine f1 team in 2020 and 2021 respectively as he is a young talent we can hope that he'll get that aggressive factor in alfa romeo's racing well alfa romeo is having a great combination of experience and talent but our next team has a combination of overestimation and controversy haas our next team is haas it's two drivers mick schumacher and nikita mazepin so on to our first driver mick schumacher he is a german racing driver He started his motorsport career in karting at the age of 9 and stayed there for 6 years. He was handed a full-time drive in the ADAC F4 series for the 2015 season with Van Amsfort Racing. Competing in the ADAC and Italian F4 championships for Prema, he won a total of 10 races over the course of the year and finished as runner-up in both standings. Impressed by his performances, Prema opted to give him a Formula 3 seat for 2017. In 2018 he formed the Formula 3 or European Championship the previous year. 
he was rewarded not only with a title but also with a formula 2 seat by the prema team for 2019 and became a member of ferrari's drivers academy which is a very big deal as his father has been the legend for this team like in f3 he wasn't hugely successful in his rookie season while there were glimpses of his talent he failed to provide them on a regular basis and again finished the season down in p12 there were question marks over his ability following this but they had gone away by the end of 2020 that year he won the f2 championship taking two victories and eight podiums as a member of the ferrari academy with f2 title to his name he was widely expected to be given a seat on the f1 grid for 2021 and while it initially looked as if he would join alfa romeo because he was part of the ferrari driver academy but at the start of december in 2020 it was announced that he has signed a multi year contract with hash for the 2021 season mick failed to score any points in the races with his highest race finishing 12th at the hungarian gp he managed to get into q2 twice but was the driver which gave his team the biggest bill for repairing damages after crashes a grand total of 4 million euros he will be there until the end of 2022 at the least after that he will be hoping for a seat at ferrari as he is already a reserve driver for them he is the third in his family to become a formula 1 driver after his father seven time world champion michael schumacher and his uncle ralph a huge amount of attention and expectation comes with that surname which is why in the early days of his career he competed at mick besh using his mother's maiden name as he turned 15 he had he started using schumacher name and today says that he doesn't feel any added pressure doing so of course like mick schumacher is a great ad- addition to the haas team but i think there is a very contrasting character when it comes to his teammate the second driver for the haas team Yes definitely our next driver is Nikita Mazepin he is a Russian racing driver after beginning his motorsport career in karting as usual Mazepin entered the world of single seater racing in 2015 when he started driving for Joseph Kaufman Racing in Formula Renault 2.0 his name began to be mentioned in the world of formula 1 as early as 2016 when he was at the age of 17 force india hired him to be a development driver he stayed in the role for 3 seasons By the time he left he has started to impress in the lower categories with an excellent 2018 season driving for ART Grand Prix in GP3 in which he finished the year in P2 with four wins to his name. He then moved up to Formula 2 and after struggling in his first year enjoyed a largely successful second winning two races getting six podiums and finishing the season in P5. Thanks to those performances and the considerable funding brought by his father Haas opted to hand him a full-time seat for the 2021 F1 campaign and this is kind of like the same case as Nicolas Latifi yeah except in this case his dad you know I would I could say that he partly owned the team you know the livery got changed from the traditional black and red to a semi russian flag themed and so yeah like it was more or less his dad controlling the whole team yeah we can say that Russian influence definitely changes everything in every field. However, his time on the grid was almost over before it began as video posted on his social media of him groping a woman caused widespread calls for the American team to drop him. And Harshit, do you want to add something to this because it, this was a very controversial incident? Yeah, definitely. If you are a Formula 1 upcoming Formula 1 driver, 
uh whatever do you you do in your personal life uh, you know you should try to keep it secluded from your social media so what he did was quite wrongful but then he later on i think he went ahead and apologized for his unacceptable behavior but don't you think this is also the result of the uh, being a son of the wealthy father i mean yes like had he done it all in private you know no no one would have asked anything but then he posted it on social media and that on top of him paying for his seat in formula 1 angered all the f1 fans around the world it wasn't the first time he had caused controversy with punching callum elliot in formula 3 and picking up various penalties for on track incidents he was almost running over yuki sunoda in formula 3 ultimately though with his billionaire father supplying the team with a huge amount of money has opted to keep him and told him that he needed to grow up during his first year on the grid Sadly, Mazepin became Mazepin thanks to the several early season spins in the Haas and though they dried up, the name seemed to stick with him. The fact that he had worked with an F1 team and driven F1 cars on a number of occasions was a factor in Haas' decision to sign him as a full-time driver at the end of 2020, as was the considerable funding that he builds. In his debut F1 season, Mazepin stuck at the back of the pack. but more worryingly for him his pace in the early rounds was comfortably a drift of fellow rookie teammate Mick Schumacher car issues have been persistent for Mazepin as initially there was no new car for 2021 by Haas then he faced slower pace which he reason was due to heavier chassis a new chassis was funded by his father which did improve his performance comparing to Mick Schumacher but that got damaged again before the Qatar Grand Prix and his performance diminished He missed his last race that's the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix due to COVID-19. Mazepin also had his fair share of spats with Schumacher mainly stemming from Haas's policy of rotating track positions between the drivers when it came to flying laps in qualifying. Schumacher was also highly critical of Mazepin at the Dutch GP accusing him of trying to put himself and the other drivers in the wall. Prior to the Mazepin had received a 5 second time penalty for colliding with Schumacher at Monza. P14 at the Azerbaijan Grand Prix was Mazepin's best result for the season who actually ended the season P21 in a 20 driver championship nonetheless Mazepin and Schumacher both continued with Haas for the 2022 season so that was all it for today's episode and we hope to see you in the next one meet you in the next episode